Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along on this Saturday morning as we get into the Word and talk about it and discuss it. And There's been a lot of talk about revival lately. Of course, a lot of people are wondering what's going on down in Asbury, Kentucky. I've not been there, and so I will refrain from comments, although the only person I know who's been there personally uh, really enjoyed the time, and it's, he's not kind of in that theological strain, shall we say, of, the, of what Asbury, where Asbury is, but he, um, he felt very renewed and refreshed and very much liked the time. <clears throat> That's all I'll say about Asbury. What I want to talk about is a movie I saw last night. It's in the theaters. It's called Jesus Revolution. I'm not a big moviegoer. I don't go that often, maybe once, maybe once a year or every two or three years. Boy, am I glad I went to see this last night. Roz and I saw Jesus Revolution. It is the story of Greg Laurie, uh, who's pastor of Harvest Chapel, I believe it's called out in Riverside, California, and the Harvest Crusades. Chuck Smith, who is pastor of Calvary Chapel in Costa Mesa, California, both in Southern California, and the uh, movement of the of the Jesus Revolution, shall we say, of the Jesus people back in the late 60s, early 70s. Now, this, is a, this was like a revival that swept the entire nation and even was affecting other parts of the world. Something special was going on during that time. What was behind it all? I don't know. How, why God moved in the way he did at that time? I don't know. It grew out of the hippie movement. And probably ground zero for this was there with uh, the Calvary Chapel churches in Southern California. Now, I was never part of that. We lived in Southern California in the 90s, and we knew a lot of people in the Calvary Chapel churches, and they're wonderful people, and we just loved them so much. But I, there was so much in the, that I learned last night in the movie that I did not know that was just so touching. I give this movie a recommendation. I encourage you to see it. If you're a young person, you might wonder, us, us boomer-type people, us baby boomer-type age group, we talk about the old days, what things were like in the old days, and we tell stories from the old days. I think this movie will capture a lot of that, or has captured a lot of that, and you might see and understand us better as you see why we look upon those days with such fondness at what God was doing. We all wish for these things to happen today, and I'm, I know with myself, i sometimes tire of just talking about the olden days and say, come on, let's live it now. Let's have this today. But, um, but I think this movie does capture why those times were so special and why they are worth talking about, remembering, celebrating, and uh, passing on to a younger generation to see what God did. It was special. It was very, very special. If you're my age, See, I came to Christ in 1972, and I was not part. I was in Ohio. I was not in Southern California, but but again, there was a movement of God, a, the Spirit of God, that something was happening, and it reached to Ohio, even though it was not part of the Calvary Chapel. There was something happening. People were getting saved so often. In the movie, there were times then where hundreds of people were getting baptized out in the ocean every week. Well, we never quite saw it on that scale in Ohio, but we did see where people were being added to the church, people being saved and baptized, it seemed like on a pretty much a weekly basis. 
Something was going on. People were getting saved, not just children, but high school, college, young adults in particular, and then family people and, and married people. There was a movement of going on, a movement of the Spirit where people were getting saved, it seemed, right and left. There was a high anticipation excitement about the return of Christ. There was a deep commitment to the Word that's really, you see that in, in, uh, in, in the movie, how, how they were studying the Bible and wanting to learn from the Bible. There was perhaps what was the most powerful thing, a deep family spirit. People, the, the, this grew out of the hippie movement, where people had actually, many of these people had grown up in families that were intact. And yet there were, there were problems in the family. There was neglect. There was abuse. There was uh, the pursuit of material wealth at the neglect of building family relationships. And we often ask, well, you know, those people were, Roz and I were talking afterwards, commenting that those hippies were so needy, they were in search of something. They'd left their homes, many of them were migrating around the country, going to California in search of something. And there was, they were so needy. And I thought to myself, well, this generation of young people now is even more needy. I mean, so many of them have grown up in broken homes. Back in the, 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 the time of the baby boomers there, when they were coming of age, there were many problems in the home, but at least they were staying together and being provided for materially. Now there's so many who are, uh, have come from even far worse situations. And are the needs there? Yes. Is the spiritual hunger there? I don't know. Is there, there seems to be an embracing and a turning in our culture today to um, debauchery, shall we say, and finding acceptance in like the LGBT movement and a writing off on the church. But all this leads to the question, could we have a revival in our day? Is what's going on down in Asbury, the seeds maybe, something, a sprout? of something that could spring up? Could there be another awakening come in our day? I hope so. I would hope so. It was wonderful if it happened. Let me get back to the movie, and I'll comment on that in a second. I saw myself in this movie. I There were some few times I laughed. Mostly I was just watching intently, but I felt I was in the movie, and there were times just... The tears are streaming down my cheek as I identify things. I'm not going to give a spoiler alert here, but I will say as the church, Chuck Smith's church, a dying small little church, and suddenly all these hippies were coming to Christ and flooding into this church, well, there were some of the, some of the old folks in the church didn't like it. They didn't like the people weren't clean. They didn't like the clothes they wear. They didn't like that some of them were, uh, you know, had come out of the drug culture. They didn't. They didn't like that some of them had drug offenses, criminal charges. They they thought they were dirtying up the church. And Chuck Smith's um, Chuck Smith's solution to these dirty people, physically dirty, coming into the church barefoot and dirty clothes and so on, and and uh, smelly. His solution to them coming to the church, if that doesn't touch your heart and make you cry, um, 
you need to spend some time alone with God and ask why not. Because his solution was just a humble, sincere man of God doing something awesome. No spoiler alert, just I'll tell you, you don't want to watch it. Anyway, I look also at their material, another way I saw myself in the movie. Uh, Greg Laurie, you know, he's wanted to marry this, uh, a lot of the story is his story with uh, him finding his wife. And she had come from a pretty, he'd come from a really uh, messed up family. His mother was divorced seven times, alcoholic, never knew his father, and living in a trailer on the beach. And she came from a very wealthy family, very successful. And indeed, when when he wanted to marry her, uh, what the parents thought, they they gave a different answer than Raza's parents gave for me. But... Um, but I identified the the little they had, but they were so happy to have had something because they were content in the Lord. Let's just say I saw myself in the movie. I think maybe you will as well. Question becomes, can we see revival in our day? Well, we have—I'd like to suggest that we might be seeing it in ways that we don't see and understand. To me, the—I'm uh, I'm going to state this in a negative way, Okay. They're in a negative way, and if an airplane crashes and 200 people die, that makes the news. Everybody talks about it. It's a headline. And yet more people than that die every day on our, on our highways just in a regular car accident. That never makes the news. It's a small – I mean, it's, it's not newsworthy if it's only one or two people die. And yet it, the, what the accidents there are actually greater in number. And I think that we could be in a time – where God is doing a lot of making disciples, the church is making disciples or should be making disciples, often in their families with their own children. It's not as newsworthy. It's not as bombastic. It's not as, it, it doesn't capture a headline that you led your child to Christ and your child has made a decision to follow Christ as much as if a hundred people got baptized in the ocean at once or a thousand people got baptized. And yet the lasting fruit of it might be greater and so never underestimate, it says in Scripture, do not despise the day of small things. Sometimes God works in ways, he plants a mustard seed, and that mustard seed one day becomes a great tree, or puts a little leaven in a, le- in a loaf, and it, in, in time it grows into something big. Sometimes God works in the big, bombastic ways, like in the movie Jesus Movement, which to me are quite exciting and thrilling and we love. Sometimes God is working Beneath the scenes, little by little, he's building person by person, family by family, and he's raising up a generation. All I would say is, if that's the case, make sure you're discipling your children and your grandchildren. We prayed here often, Lord, give me the, uh, the, the, the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to ch- change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference, the serenity prayer. And every one of us, Every one of us can make a difference. You, you might not be able to lead a great revival with, with thousands of people are listening to you and hundreds being baptized, but you can affect your children, your grandchildren. You can affect your neighborhood. You can be a light where you are. And God can bring revival that might not be capture the headlines, and yet he's still bringing revival in ways in, in, through, a thousand, through millions of us being faithful to the Lord. I want to encourage that. But secondly— if you want to have revival, there's a price to be paid. Oh my goodness, Chuck Smith, he, you know, the, the older people in the church saying, we're going to stop supporting, we're going to leave, the money's going to be gone. Uh, 
If you, if you do this, if you welcome these people in, we're leaving. He had to pay a price. He had to count the cost. And he sacrificed a lot before he gained so much more. Let me tell you, nothing great happens for God without sacrifice. Nothing great happens for God. Sacrifice of your time, your money, your lifestyle. As we were going to the movie, I prayed and I said, Lord, I know you're going to use this movie to challenge Roz and I to move out of our comfort zone. Help us be ready. And he did. He challenged us in terms of what the comfortable life. I'm 60, almost 66 years old now. It's nice to say you've earned a little bit of comfort and and uh, able to do uh, maybe a little bit less of the sacrifice we've done for years. But boy, if we want to see revival, it's never a time to say, I want to stay in my comfort zone. It's a time to say, Lord, here am I. Use me. Send me. Let's pray about that now. And I also, as you follow, if you follow the chat here, my good friend, uh, Johanan, who lives in India, his brother Sunil was involved in a very bad car accident last week and, and still hospitalized and injured, and some people were killed in it. And it's quite, uh, I want to lift them up in our prayers as well. Father in heaven, we bless you today. We thank you for your movement in our lives. Lord, whether it's a big revival like we see in the movie Jesus Revolution, or we read in the headlines at Asbury, or whether it's a big thing that captures the attention, or whether it's a small thing in my personal life, or in my church, or in my family, that you challenge us to be a greater disciple, or be more faithful to your word, or to to share the gospel, or one of our children comes to Christ and is baptized. Or Lord, whether it's a big thing or a little thing, we thank you. You're always at work. And we just say to you that we're available. Lord, hear my send me. If it means moving out of our comfort zone into something that's scary or like Peter when he got out of the boat and walked on the water with you, Lord, we're just available. We want you to tell you that we're your disciples, your servants. It's our deep, 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 deep desire that you be glorified in us and through us. And whatever it takes, that's what we want. And so we offer ourselves to you as your servants in this way. We pray, Father, for revival in our land. We pray for a great movement amongst whoever you want, Lord, amongst young people, the old people, the poor people, the rich people, the political class, the elitist, the, whoever it would be, Lord. We just ask that you would be at, move, at, at, at work and that you'd move among us in our churches, in our families, in our country, in our world, in ways that would bring you great glory. This is our heart cry. We want to see you be glorified, Lord. And we pray that that would happen. Father, I do want to pray for my friend Johanan, his wife Shirley. They're really suffering and concerned and heartbroken over what's happened to Sunil. And I pray that you would bring healing to Sunil's body, bring him comfort and provide every need they have, provide the right medical care, meet their financial needs, Lord. Uh, use this in their life to develop a greater trust and faith in you. Johanan and Shirley are such good people. They have such faith in you and such commitment to you and such love for you and such a heart to serve others. And I pray, Lord, in this time of their need, you would bless them and be near them and bring them your comfort and mercy. We pray these things and give you praise now and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, thanks for being with me today. You know, one thing about the revivals of this, uh, wherever it happens, when it happened in Jesus' movement, and what happens in our own lives will be a deep commitment to the Word of God. That was such a part of what went on in our lives as we were experiencing that and in the Calvary Chapel movement. And they're still deeply committed to the Word. And I love them for that. Are you? 
I hope so. And if you'd like a deeper commitment to the Word, spend 15 minutes a day with us here. Join our community. We're here every single day. We talk about the Word. We talk about how it applies in our life. Uh, like the channel. Uh, join, subscribe to the channel. Like, like the video. Share a comment. Share with your friends. We will not see revival, either personally or corporately, without a much deeper commitment to the Word of God than we've got right now. I hope you'll join in with us and be a part of this, okay? So, God bless you. I love you all. Until we meet tomorrow, 8.30 a.m. live, we'll be together again and talk about the Word. Until we meet then, might the Lord bless you. Might He revive you, strengthen you, light a fire and kindle a fire within you. Check out the movie. You'll be glad you did. I love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow.